It's a new year and a new chance for you to make a fresh start with your compliance. Port, we're going to be bringing you a daily tip, strategy, or idea that you can use to improve your program. Here's your host, Tom Fox, the Compliance Evangelist. Day 23, Assessing Compliance Internal Controls. One of the specific requirements laid out in the 2020 update is around internal controls and more specifically control testing. It stated, control testing, has the company reviewed and audited its compliance program in the area relating to misconduct? More generally, what testing of controls, collection and analysis of compliance data and interviews of employees and third parties does the company undertake? How are the results reported and action items tracked? Fortunately, the COSO 2013 Internal Controls Frameworks considers assessing internal controls and lays out views on assessing the effectiveness of internal controls. It is noted that an effective system of internal controls provides a reasonable assurance of the achievement of the entity's objectives relating to operations, reporting, and compliance. Moreover, there are two overarching requirements that can only be met through such a structured protocol. First, Each of the five components are present and functioning. Second, the five components operate in an integrated fashion with each other. One of the most critical components of the COSO framework is that it sets internal control standards against those which can be used to assess the strengths of your internal control program. As the 2013 framework, internal control framework, was designed to apply to a wider variety of corporate entities, your audit should be designed to test your internal compliance controls. This means if you have a multi-country or business unit organization, you need to determine how your internal controls are interrelated up and down the organization. The illustrative guide also realizes that smaller companies may have a less formal structure in place throughout the organization. Your auditing can and should reflect this business reality. Finally, if your company relies on heavily on technology for your compliance function, you can leverage that technology to support the ongoing assessment and evaluation of the program going forward. Just a four-prong approach to your assessment. Number one, make an overall assessment of your company's system of internal compliance controls. This should include an analysis of whether the components and relevant principles are present and functioning and the components are operating together in an integrated manner. Two, there should be a component evaluation. Here, you need to be more deeply evaluate any deficiencies that may turn up and whether or not there are any compensated compliance controls. Three, assessment. See whether each principle of your compliance internal controls is present and functioning. The task is here to determine if there is deficiency, so it is the severity of the deficiency. And four, summarization, you should log all your internal control deficiencies so they are addressed on a structured basis. Another way to think through this approach is through a component evaluation which rolls up the results of the component's principle evaluations and allows a reevaluation of the severity of any deficiency in your compensating controls. Lastly, an overall effectiveness assessment that can look whether controls are operating together in an integrated manner by evaluating any internal control deficiencies aggregated to a major deficiency. This type of process would then lend itself to an ongoing evaluation so your business model law, regulations, or other situations has changed. You could assess if your internal controls were up to the new situations. The illustrative guide spends a fair amount of time discussing deficiencies should be initially noted that it defines an internal control deficiency as a shortcoming in a component or components and relevant principles that reduce the likelihood of of an entity achieving its objectives. 
A major deficiency is an internal control deficiency or combination of deficiencies that severely reduces the likelihood that an entity can achieve its objectives. Having a major deficiency is a significant issue because when a major deficiency exists, the internal control cannot conclude that it has met requirements for an effective system of internal controls. The illustrative guide has a useful set of templates that can serve as the basis for your reporting results. They are specifically designed to support an assessment of an effective system of internal controls and help document such assessment. Documentation is a critical guide of any best practices compliance program or anti-bribery or anti-corruption compliance program. With the illustrative guide, COSO has given a compliance practitioner a very useful map to begin an analysis into whether your company's internal controls are effective. When the SEC comes knocking, this is precisely the type of evidence they will be looking to evaluate if your company has met its obligations under the FCPA internal controls provisions. So what are today's three key takeaways? Number one, an effective system of internal controls provides reasonable assurance of achievement of the company's objectives relating to operations, reporting, and compliance. Number two, there are two overarching requirements for effective internal controls. The first is the five components are present and functioning. The second are five components operating together as an integrated approach. Finally, for an anti-corruption compliance program, you can use the hallmarks of an effective compliance program to test against. As an added benefit, if you have listened to this episode, I have a spreadsheet which maps the hallmarks of an effective compliance program to the COSO framework, and I'm happy to share it to you if you shoot me an email at tfox at tfoxlaw.com. This is Tom Fox again. Thank you for listening to this episode of 31 Days to a More Effective Compliance Program. I hope you will join me for the entire month of January where I take a look at some of the significant changes in compliance and FCPA enforcement, which occurred in 2020 and will help inform your compliance program going forward into 2021 and indeed beyond. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Thank <laughs> you.